So thank you, listeners. I just want to share a review that we got from C. Graham. If you stumble across this podcast, fight through episode one. It has good info and introduces you to the host, but it's sort of all over the place. Yes, Graham, it was all over the place. True. They begin their stride in episode two. Every episode, even episode one, in parentheses, has moments of legit sex education and thought-provoking ideas for people from conservative religious background to consider. So thank you very much, C. Graham. We appreciate that. We appreciate your reviews because your reviews help us rise in the algorithms you're still doing it. We appreciate your reviews because they help other people discover the show. Okay, we appreciate your reviews because it helps other people to discover our show. Thank you. I told one of our listeners that came to me and they said, Oh, I just love this season three. Blah, it's so great. And all this. And I said, Oh, yeah, it's going to be so fun going back. Latifah's pregnant. And she just went, Latifah. <laughs> that's amazing and it was just so cool because she felt so connected oh, to you sweet. it was just one of those sweet moments oh i love that that's how the whole season yeah. should, should start right there <laughs> i'm just gonna like add in like fart sounds <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just Chewbacca. this moment of like <gasps> expelling <laughs> all of the. We all took our yeah, moment. Yeah. Tommy was a leader. Thank, <laughs> Thank goodness. You, From Mill U Media Group, this is Fun Parts, an exploration of sexuality and spirituality for anyone who's curious or convinced there must be more. With your host, Becky Patton, Ashley Lusink, Steve Weens, Luke Bronner, and me, Latifa Alatas. That feels like a really fun place to start. So this is our episode zero. We do this every season to sort of bridge the months that have passed between the end of one season and the beginning of the next. So let's talk about what's been going on with everybody since the end of season three. So Latifa, you want to go first? Uh, I think I went first last time too. That's okay. You've got the biggest news. (laughs) I am pregnant. Yay! Yay! Yeah, baby. And when we were at this cabin last time, which was season two taping... Ashley was pregnant and we were figuring out that we were similar lengths along in our pregnancy, which is so crazy. But yeah, third trimester, here I am, little baby in my belly and he's moving right now. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm pretty sure you got pregnant like the night you got home from the season three. (laughs) (laughs) No, but it was soon after season three was taped and it was very close. Very close. It was within a few weeks Conception, of us getting home of you saying like, hey, guess what? I think was mm-hmm. it was within a week or two. It, yeah. it was because it was like our first month meeting after, right? Yeah. That you said, hey, I got some news. Yeah. And then Steve was like, were you pregnant when you were? And I was like, I had such a premonition yes, though. I really did. And you yeah. weren't. I wasn't. But I was almost surprised that you weren't because yeah. I had such a strong premonition that you were. I had so many random people tell me you're going to be pregnant really soon. Mm. I mean, which is kind of like a crazy thing to tell someone. It no, is, but it was that. it was like all people. I didn't ask. It was like unprompted. Something just came over them, and it, it wasn't like a creepy voice. Like you're going to be pregnant. <laughs> it was just right. They were like, "You're going to be pregnant really soon," and I'm just like, "What?" Okay. That freaks me out. Yeah, I mean, they knew you were newly married, and <laughs> yeah. there was some excitement. One look at Lucas, and yeah. they were like, "I get oh, it." Oh, you're getting, oh, you're getting knocked out. <laughs> yeah, that guy, he's going to get you. He's a dreamboat. So. 
He's got all the dad jokes ready. That's so. super exciting. How has it been? How have the first six months, you're six months in? Yeah, it's been really great. I mean, Ashley actually wisely suggests that I do a thing called hypno babies, which is a hypno birth technique. It's like a combination, I would say, of self-hypnosis, meditation, with a little bit of woo-woo and positive thinking. And it's perfect for me. And I love it. And it's like a 45-minute meditation every morning. And Because in pregnancy, there's so many practices that you can't do because they don't want to test pregnant women. So like Wim Hof breathing or ice baths or obviously anything having to do with plant medicine or like, I mean, anything, those kinds of things like they deem unsafe, acupressure mats. So for the first couple months, I felt a little wonky because I kind of lost my daily rhythms. I lost my daily practices. And then I remember what Ashley said about hypno babies. And now I do this meditation every morning and I feel so much more calm and relaxed and kind of get to be present with the process of being pregnant, which is pretty cool. It's pretty wild. So 40 and pregnant ladies, don't worry. I mean, if you don't want to be pregnant, that's awesome too. That's a really worthy journey. I don't think you have to have children to be happy. I just have to say that. But for women who are like stressed out at like 32, thinking they're running out of time, you know, you never know is what I would say. So, and I feel really good. It's been a really, minus the concussion thing that happened. Oh yeah. That was weird. Yeah. Yeah. Our listeners probably don't remember that. So maybe <laughs> yeah. could... I had a little bit of a tumble at 4 a.m. and face planted in the bathroom. And a while back, not yeah, today like, at six at months like, pregnant. No, like at five weeks pregnant yeah. and had a concussion that I recovered from for about six weeks. So that was a little strange. But the pregnancy has been great. So COVID fighting off like near COVID. Yeah, Lucas got stuff. COVID in January. Yeah. I didn't get it. I mean, I, I got a cold. That was uncomfortable, but it was okay. I mean, I really don't. I feel really grateful. Like I feel grateful that he's healthy as far as we know. And I feel grateful to have the experience. And it's been like such a powerful way to understand expansion in a new way. And I feel like we learn expansion in our life in lots of ways, but this is like actually watching my body expand and make room for this new life has been wild. So it's been a very embodied experience and it's been really, really cool. I love that. And I'm excited to see how that sort of informs yeah. whatever we're going to talk about over the next few yeah. days because I'm confident it will. change my sex life. So we have, we have lots to talk does. about. <laughs> <laughs> Lucas, like, oh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Fine. That's, that's what I'm, I'm here for. I'm here to talk yeah. sex, guys. Look Let's... at you. Emboldened. <laughs> Look season at four. Fear you know no how more. flush I feel right now from saying that? Like my whole face feels yeah. red. That felt like an out-of-body experience yeah. that just happened. Yeah, I had one of those last night too when I when I misheard a request <laughs> that you made of your husband. I think you asked him to pop your neck, and I could have sworn you said, "Will you pop my nipples?" And, and yeah. I said that out loud, and Just I was like, "I know I'm really tired because I would have salmon. never have said that. in front of all our friends." Yeah. Just you know, it felt like the right crowd. They need a pop. <laughs> Every once in a while, Before they need this a pop. next delicious oh. bite of food, you know, I can really go for. It. <laughs> Oh, I just want to pop. say, too, though, you're like rocking the pregnant God. look right now. Oh, thank like you. the crop top, fly yeah. out, compression socks. You like compression socks? Just I'm embracing you look great. it. Great. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, friend. Just had to snap a photo so you can remember this moment. Oh, yeah. I've been bad at taking pictures of pregnancy. Not because I'm ashamed. I just, I'm not thinking about it. So, yeah. It's because you're embodied. That's it. You're in your body and just enjoying where you're camera. at. That's right. <laughs> 
Ashley, I feel like you've been shying away from the mic until just then. You just now you hopped on. And so like, let's let's move to you. What's yeah. been happening for you the last six, eight months, however long it's been? Oh, my goodness. I've been thinking about this because last time we were all together, it was October. And I had just come off of actually my job ending pretty surprisingly. And so at that point, I was the sole breadwinner. Alan was home with our little one. And it was pretty ungrounding for me. And so to even come and be present in that space was really hard. And so I look back and even listening to season three, I'm like, my voice wasn't very present in a lot of it. And I'm like, because it just took me a while to like show up, I think. And so since then, I've transitioned to staying at home with our little one and Alan's working. And I feel like this is finally like settling into like the balance we've needed as a family and for me as a mom. So I can have mental, emotional and physical space with my daughter, like to balance all those things in the midst of a pandemic and working from home with a little one. It was just, it was overwhelming. And so I feel like over the past, however many months it's been, I feel, I would say more integrated into me. So I'm excited to dive in the season and hopefully show up more fully and present and all that. So, so yeah. So in the midst of experiencing all of that balance, you decided to sell your house and move. Oh yeah, that's (laughs) right. Spontaneously. (laughs) Forgot about that. I forgot about that part because... I was thinking like a week ago, I was caulking our bathroom tub all day. That was like my project. And then a few days later, we had a ton of showings and sold our house in less than 48 hours. It was on the market Friday. And by Saturday night, we signed a purchase agreement. And we were like sleeping on a mattress in our, on the floor in our apartment and just kind of winging it until we close in the end of June. So yeah. That's been the other part of life. And so, and I also think like if I were still trying to manage work and having a toddler and all that, like we need to move out of this home because it's beautiful and it's not safe for a child that's running around. And so I'm excited to transition to the next phase and live in an area that's very family friendly. And it'll be really interesting to see where we're at even next time we record too. Mm -hmm. It's exciting. Yeah. So thank you for reminding me about that. (laughs) Oh yeah. Steve, how about you? What? transitions are you experiencing if any in your life yeah Yeah, right everybody's got big stuff i feel like no i changed jobs oh my goodness when we recorded last season i mentioned that during my sabbatical a grief was coming after me and i didn't know what it was but i think something in my body knew that i was going to say goodbye to the church that i started eight years ago genesis and i love loved still love and that was a really strange journey because I was not looking for a change for a long time. I tried to fight the idea of it because I didn't want it. But now that we're on the other side, you know, months and months and months of interviews and conversations. And now I get to be a part of a co-leadership team, myself and this woman named Danielle, who I just love. So we're co-lead pastors at this church in Wayzata, Minnesota, where I live. And it's a wonderful place, and I'm just falling in love with it. And so uh, I feel like this huge gift of grace came to me. It's an exercise in what happens when you just try to do the next right thing, you know, because that's all I knew all throughout the process. And for anyone that's going through change, you know, it helped me to, as much as I could, just don't think about the end, don't think about the outcome, but just think about what's the next thing. What's the next right thing that you have to do? And most of the time it was a conversation or just being open to a conversation, being open to feeling uncomfortable, 
being open to expanding your view about where you think you need to be, want to be. And so open to letting something go that open you love. To letting something go. Right. That's and so a big deal. Yes, exactly. Let's see if things, because you know, I think intuitively when we leave something, a lot of times we have to make it bad. Like we have yes. to make it be bad to give us permission to leave, but it doesn't always have to be that way. You can just have a thing that is good sometimes that you love and you can still let it go. And I think, I think it honestly, it took a lot of courage to let that go. I agree. It took a long time for me to get there. And I'm still letting it go in in some ways for sure. Yeah. You know, but boy. Your energy is totally different. Really? Six months later. I mean, I feel like I remember sitting with you outside (laughs) before we started. I was so anguished. Yeah. I was like, there was so much like just, and not like, and it was appropriate, I feel like for where you were, Mm -hmm. but just like another reminder that when we feel that way, it doesn't have to be forever. Right. I just, I'm really happy for you. Thank you, Latifa. And you, you all were very helpful because again, we met right as the process was just kind of starting right as I was. And you even helped me to say, I can pursue that. I can take the next step. I can, cause I felt like I couldn't, you know, when you start something, you feel like you just, you got to be there forever. Responsibility, And that's just the wrong way to think. Even if you start something, you can let it go. And sometimes you need to, and sometimes not letting it go is the big mistake that you make. And and you can translate that into whatever environment that you want to. That's good. Um, it's not always the time, but when it is the time, you got to have the courage to do it. And so, yeah, I'm kind of like in this beginning. You're like in the romance phase. I am. I am. <laughs> it feels good. Yeah. No, and as you were talking, there is this translation of a verse that kept coming to me from a meditation book that I'm reading, but it's, Trust the unfolding of life, act for good, and meet well whatever life brings. Mm. Can you say that again more slowly? Sure. Trust the unfolding of life, act for good, and meet well whatever life brings. Mm. And it's a translation of a psalm by a a female rabbi. She did, And that has been my mantra for so long. And just hearing the way you talked about this whole thing, the way Mm -hmm. you approached it, Mm -hmm. it's that trust the unfolding Mm -hmm. and the next thing instead of the... Mm -hmm. So thank you for the example. Thank you for that. That's good. Yeah. Becky, how's life? How's how have things been? I have you had any more grandbabies no, since I the last time we talked about that? You know of. That one that I know of, <laughs> none that I know of, you know. I think the thing that is most relevant right now is we also sold our house that we had been in for thirty seven years. Wow. And that is man, did we give our kids a gift? right now. (laughs) That's where I'm at right now. Just because of cleaning out, you have Mm. to touch everything you've owned. I would say, and we only decided this literally as of today, five weeks ago, we were going to sell. Wow. And that's all I've been doing for five weeks is cleaning out, getting, letting go. And then we put it on the market and we were very fortunate it sold in the first couple hours we put it on. And the beauty is we got to see the young couple we sold it to and they get to start their own story there. But in the midst of it, I've been like closing down things and letting go of things. And we are moving into an apartment and I haven't lived in an apartment, you guys, since I was 18. You know, I literally, I haven't. Well, that's not true. Never mind. You don't need my history on that. I did live in an apartment. There was a brief anyway, period. Anyway, there was a brief period. Okay, nobody needs that. Okay, yeah. anyway. But, um, but for 37 years, we've lived in this house and it's been home and it's been anchoring and it's been grounding for our kids, for me, for our story. And now we're moving to an apartment. And I think the season of life that I'm in and the invitation I keep hearing is, can I let go of that life 
and not try to just bring that life to the apartment, but can I discover what's there for me to learn yet? Mm-hmm. And it feels like I'm kind of in a liminal space also right now because we have another month in this space, but I'm finding myself like really done with this space. Wow. And I'm finding myself, I think I've outgrown it, which feels freeing and it feels incredibly sad because as most people know, my, our kids live internationally, so we didn't get to do this with our children. We've had to do it just my husband and I, and that's been so good and so hard, but it feels like we've had good friends who are helping us. And there's something in it that I just feel like this next season of life has something very deep to teach me. And I don't even know what that is, Hmm. but it feels like it's really important this next season. When we were talking yesterday, driving up here and you were saying, I was asking if you were going to keep your furniture or if you were going to start over. And you said that Rick was like, you know, we had different taste when we bought all our furniture and it was, you know, for that home, I would imagine. Mm -hmm. So it suited that house. And you guys basically got rid of pretty much almost everything you said besides a few chairs. I'm keeping two chairs yeah, and two beds. That's well, literally all we're keeping furniture-wise. And it kind of made me think about my theological journey. Like, mm. I was like, oh, that's, I was just like, I was listening to you, but I was also <laughs> thinking about how <laughs> like, okay. like, oh, I mean, how beautiful is that? That they're willing, and you're able to, which is amazing, but like you're willing to like ask yourself, what are my tastes now? Like, what colors do I like now? What makes sense for the place that we're going to be in? Yeah. What brings us comfort? What brings us joy? And I've had to do a lot of that in my spiritual journey and theological life. Like, there's a few pieces I've definitely mm-hmm. pulled to my new theological space, but I'm so glad I was willing to let go of certain things because they just didn't suit the new place I'm living. Yeah. You know? And I I don't know. I just thought that was kind of a fun comparison. Well, and I think that that's something that's been so beautiful in this process of shedding and letting go is like we found a single mom that was getting her first apartment. And I was like, oh my gosh, we got to give things to and repurpose. And like, it has a new life there. And I'm like, oh, it has a new life someplace else. And the, the thing that was the hardest for me, and I really got to the point that said, I can let go of this was our dining room table, which is... The you table. know, table, I know it's table for me is such a huge thing. And now I'm going to cry because so I'm not going to look at you, Steve. But um, we mentioned it to some friends and they asked if they could bring the table to their house. And there was something in me that was like, oh, no, I'm okay. I can let go. I don't really need to. And then when they s- said yes, and they wanted the oak bench that goes with it because they have teenage boys and that's sturdy and strong, <laughs> it was like, oh, even this has a new life and I can let go of it. It feels like I get to visit that as it has a new life. And it was, it was a gift you guys get. I mean, you don't, I mean, nobody has to like my table. Like I like my table. Nobody has to, and you may not like it two months and you don't have to keep it. So please don't feel like you have to, but there's something. So Steve is the friend. Yes. I was like, like, what are you talking? Did he give you the table or you gave him the table? I'm giving him the table. He's my table. I left that out. Sorry. It'll bring the magic. That's why I couldn't, that's why I couldn't look at him because I didn't want to cry and then I'd still cry. But anyway, but Steve and Mary offered to take our table and it was like, that's the one thing that I was going to repurpose it someplace, but it felt like it needed to have somebody that could, that holds story. Cause it's just a table I know, but 
Well, it I mean, it's a magic not table. just a table, though. It's, it's a magic the, table. It's the table I've that been, started this podcast. Yeah. Like, it's yep. the magic table. So many good, beautiful things have happened around that table. And, you know, it's it's a river, that oh. table. Mm. It looks the same, but it isn't. And I didn't mm. know how much it meant to me. I had to work through letting it go. And I had it let go. And I put it on the sell list and everything. And then we happened to mention it at dinner one night to you guys. And you know, you went through your process and you have your own, and it was like, but I had let go of it. You know, I just, I was, it was in the cell table. It was in the cell pile. And then it felt like it got a new life. And I think there's something about new life for, I mean, just even like you were saying, like there's some things we need to hang on to in a lot of this deconstruction element. There's something, but it's, it, there's something that feels really important to me about seeing the things that you've invested in out in the world and them having permission to continue to become something else. Mm -hmm. They don't have to stay. I don't have to hold on to them. I don't have to keep it here. I can let it go and let it become. And I can just almost hardly wait till the first real scarring happens on that table. Mm. It will. (laughs) It will. But there's like this, I can just like, oh, there you are. I mean, it feels really important. Just with what you said about the furniture piece, going through that same like editing process at our house, it was really interesting to go through my bookshelf because books are very oh yeah oh, yes. like oh and I had so many books that I was like, who is this person that read this? Like it was just really like from like my thirties. Like I had a dear friend that I had in my divorce. I had lost a lot of books that were in a garage that absorb some water over the winter and so like my whole library was like destroyed when I so as my 30th birthday gift she had all my friends like gift me these books that were books that probably ones that I would never choose but they were really beautiful like and all of them had these inscriptions in the front and different things but they so did not fit me anymore Hmm. and these were people who were dear to me at that time but really no longer part of my life and I was like I'm gonna do a Marie Kondo moment and like thank you and goodbye and let go because she has this great thing about how, like, once you've read that book, that content is in you. And if you haven't read it, or if you have, like, it's done. It's time to pass it on and move along. And that was so freeing. I took, like, four boxes to half price books. And it was, like, there's just something to this process. And of, got like, $7 back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I got, like, 90 bucks. I was wow. actually really proud of myself. Yeah, there's some good, you know, for the right person, some really good books in there. Yeah. But I just really do think there is so much to, like, letting go and trusting the the new life that'll come that you've already experienced it and it's time for it to move on. So that's yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's good. Love that. What about you, Luke? I had this like really sort of poignant, profound metaphor that I was going to make of, of your story, Becky. <laughs> and then Latifah swooped in and stole it. Oh, uh, oh sorry, man. man. Great minds though. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but yeah, I, I feel like what you said when you were talking about when you're cleaning out and you, you realize you have to put your hands on everything you own and like make a decision about it. That was sort of the experience for me, I think of recording season three was the realization of like, I've got a lot more stuff that I have to put my hands on here and work Mm. and like clean out. And I think that that's actually the work that I've been doing these last several months. I mean, there's been, while there's not been any major life transitions, uh, you know, things that on paper you can tell like life is changing. There's been a lot changing inside. So for me that, you know, one of those things was starting with a new therapist, which I had been out of therapy for a couple of years, just for, you know, financial reasons, you know, it's just expensive to be in therapy. And so being back into the regular consistent work of therapy has been tremendously helpful. The other thing is for the first time in my life, I'm taking meds for ADHD, which I had was not diagnosed with until I was in my late thirties and 
had never done anything about it. And that's been a, a very slow changing of the chemistry in my brain. I'm taking like non-stimulant meds. So it's very, you know, small dosages, but it's slowly reworking my brain chemistry in a way that like one of the things I shared, I think it was in season three was how like sort of the depressive cycle for me looked like waking up every six weeks or so and just feeling overwhelmed with the sense that I am unloved and I am unlovable. And I haven't had a single one of those days mm. since I've been medicating. Yeah. And it's just been such a gift to even have moments where I wake up and I'm like, wow, I actually feel happy. Like not just that I don't feel down or I don't feel stressed or I don't feel whatever, but like I feel genuinely happy. Mm. And that's been, you know, transformational to my marriage. It's been just transformational to my day-to-day -day life, a sort of reordering of my priorities uh, that's just been for my good and I think the good of my family. So it's amazing. That has felt like a big change. That's a big deal. For that's me. huge. Yeah. yeah. But I also acknowledge that like I'm still doing that work of putting my hands on on all of these different things and, and, and getting to ask the question, do I want to keep this or not? And and I'm choosing not to keep a lot, but it also has made me arrive at a place of so I shared this in season three. I came into season three when I arrived, I was in this place spiritually of being like, you know, I really feel like there's like some renewal. Like I'm sort of coming back to a place of being in a healthy relationship with the church and maybe just with God. And then by the end of season three, I was so angry again. And I was just like, <laughs> yes. oh. yeah, like I just, it was this acknowledgement of there's so much work left to do. But I, one of the things I think I've realized over the last few months that I, it's like, I actually do still really care about my spiritual experience, my faith, my whatever, however you, whatever language you want to use. And, and just realizing like, I'm not ready to throw it all away yet. There are parts of it that I'm clinging to. And I, I finally don't feel obligated to anyone else to cling to it in a particular way. And that's been super freeing to be like, I can actually just embrace. I mean, it's exactly what y'all have all just said of like, I get to keep the parts that, that are really truly life-giving and honest to who I am today and I don't have to, I'm not obligated to anyone to keep any of the other parts. Hmm. I feel like I'm in a really healthy place emotionally and maybe spiritually for the first time in a very long time that I'm not just bitter or just cynical or angry or, you know, that's so that's, yeah, that's that beautiful. I'm so yeah. happy for it's you. Thanks largely to you all allowing me to realize how much work there still was to do. So I can tell. Oh, yeah. I was just going to say. We're all like, oh. <laughs> can I comment? Can I comment? Can I, first, I just Becky, want to say when we walked in the door yesterday, because I think you were the first one to come through when you got to the cabin and it was, there was a brightness about you. And even in your text, like the excitement and everything, yeah. it's like you're showing up differently mm. from even the plane ride to the door to now. Like, it's just, um, yeah. so I. I love hearing you name that to know. Well, like, and backstory. the other part yeah. that I want to name to that, which I, this is a very valid part of that is for the first time ever, most of our partners are here yeah. with us so as fun. we're recording. And like, I was telling my wife last night as we were falling asleep, like how much more comfortable I am in my own skin, just having her here. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not here as just this like self-conscious repressed person who's in a conversation <laughs> they didn't ask to be in, but with people who they love, but I get to like, I feel like I know myself best with her. I mean, and that's just the experience of, of being in a very long relationship with someone and so to get to show up a little more confident, a little more comfortable with my own person and knowing that like when we leave this table, you know, between sessions or whatever, I get to go debrief with her and like face to face and not like 
the awkwardness of a long distance call, or like and, you catching know. up after four or five days, right. yeah, and trying to capture the experience, trying to explain it, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that, I think that's, that's another true. part of it is like mm-hmm. getting to be here with the person with whom I spend all of my time and the rest of my life is is such a help to me. So I'm with you on that. Yeah, I love that. I'm just like I'm, I've known you the longest around this table, and it's really fun to see you making peace inside your body. Yeah. And like, I feel like it's such a gift as your friend. And I want to acknowledge that. Sure. Like we got together for a few days and we mixed some stuff up and, you know, push some stuff around, but then like you went home and you kept at it and you tried new things and like, it's really brave. It's really awesome. It's really fun. I think for anyone who's followed, it's probably going to be folks who have known me and have followed all of the different podcasts that you have guested on with me over the years. And then we did Moda Spirit, but like to hear both of our stories sort of unfold the way that they have and to see it's a gift to look over and see your, that's the other thing I should mention that happened since the last time we saw each other. I have now seen a pregnant woman's belly for the first time in my life. It took 42 years. Can we clarify that? Uncovered pregnant yes, woman's right. belly. Just the belly part. Just the belly. Yeah. So I was in Nashville a couple of weeks ago, and it was the first time of seeing you like very pregnant, obviously. Yeah. And, and it did, never should... dawned on me until we were sitting around the table and you were rubbing on your bare belly yeah. that I'd never actually seen a pregnant woman's bare belly. And we showed you the heartbeat. That was really fun. I got to hear the heartbeat, which mm-hmm. I'd also never experienced. Yeah. And it's amazing that in 42 years that had never happened. But yeah, I was like, you've I'm just like a pregnant woman. <laughs> I bounce. Look away. <laughs> that's all I can think of. But. So that's the big news for me. Is... Pregnant woman's belly. Yeah. Here we go. What yeah. were you going to say, Becky? No, the one thing I wanted to say is when I saw, first saw you, there was this light in your eyes. And maybe it was because Lacey's here. Maybe. I don't know. But it was like there's this light in your eyes. And I've seen it since you've been here. It's like you look me right in the eye and you don't look away. And it's hmm. like, that is just, in fact, even when we hugged, we hugged and then you looked at me and it was like, that was like, it's like, wow, there's Luke. I see Luke hmm. and he sees, I mean, it just, it was really sweet. And so yeah. what you're saying is very, very, if I think there's two things that children need. One is they need to know they're loved and they need authenticity. And what I want to say is it was like your authenticity was hmm. booming out of you and it felt really cool to get to hug you. It was really fun and interesting to me, the work of therapy while editing season three, like, you know, there was a, the episode where we talked about our littles. So I was in the process of editing that I went to therapy and did not bring it up with my therapist. And she starts talking to me about this concept of like addressing, you know, your inner child. Wow. And like, we did this whole exercise and I was just like, you're not going to believe this. I was like, we have an episode releasing tomorrow that is about doing this work. And so to get to hear sort of the same things from very different perspectives described and to be doing these exercises while editing these episodes. It's just been such an interesting process. And I learned a ton about myself by my therapist learned a lot about me by addressing my little, my inner child, you know, that's been a big part of the work. That's been really interesting. Good for you. I also want to acknowledge, I mean, especially, so Alan's been with us for two seasons worth of the show. I think all three. Yeah, three. He was was our chef, yes, season two. Um, And Rick has been in and out occasionally during 
And I, I so deeply wish that Mary was here, Steve. But I do want to acknowledge, I think for Lucas and for Lacey who are here and hopefully enjoying like a relaxing break, I think it also takes a certain amount of courage for them to yeah, come yeah. in. Oh, to order. Like we sort of have this really tight circle mm. and, and we've shared these very deep, difficult parts of our stories. And so for them to come in and just sort of integrate so easily is like, I don't think that's easy work. I think that also yeah. requires a lot of courage on their part. And I'm thankful for their willingness to to do that. And Alan too, to continue showing up and, you know, working remotely so that we can do this. But and, especially so much, how much I talk about Alan. Yeah. yeah. Alan, like, you know, yeah. And that's probably so uncomfortable for him. It's yeah. probably really important yeah. for him to keep showing up. Well, yeah. Or it could be very affirming. Yeah, that's Just why maybe. Yeah. Maybe yeah, it does because of you. Hmm. I don't give him enough, but the other thing I want to say too, is with our little one, I'm going to try not to cry, but I had this moment, um, with her last night, I was just trying to put her to get bed the first time. She was still pretty wound up and she kept crawling off the little toddler bed. we had. <laughs> and I was like, are you having fun with your family? And it was just like this, like we have our, you know, my biological family and love them and we spend time with them and it's, you know, but it's a very like, we're all just around together like you are with family. But here it's like, there is a, a held sense of space mm. that she's held in and mm -hmm. to watch her like watch everyone and then get comfortable and start to. And so as the weekend unfolds, how much she'll just be more in her, herness. And I just think like, we may not have that like weekly family ritual, you know, if we were biological family to get together all the time, whatever, but like there is a richness to this time together that I'm excited for her to get to experience every few months and things. So, so yeah, it's, so thank you. Each yeah. of you. I mean, uh, for me, like bringing Lucas, yeah. it was like these people have become family to me, mostly because of the cultivated safety mm -hmm. yes. that's been created. And like, I also want to acknowledge that Tommy's here with us again. He's not on a mic, but our stalwart co producer with Luke, <laughs> all around good vibes guy. I've told Lucas, I was like, I just want you to like be around the dinner table with us and laugh and talk about the things that matter and don't matter at the same time because you guys are people that I want our son to know, you know? And so like, I just feel like we've been recording now for two years on and off, three years on and off. And like so much has happened, but like we were talking about like Becky going through memories and like getting rid of like old math papers that her oh, kids yeah. hung on to or like, oh, sorry kids. Like what, mem <laughs> what, memorab like, what memorabilia do you keep? Like what is special? And like, the, I was thinking when I was, I was listening to you, like I have records that kind of mark mm -hmm. some big things for me, but this podcast has also like marked massive change in my life and what a joy it's been to process with people that are so trustworthy that I feel so safe with. And when you talk about the topics we're talking about, sexuality, spirituality, all the intermingles and intertwines and to have this kind of space, like it just makes everything easy like to be around all of you. And I wanted Lucas to like experience that ease, you know? And so, and I think he is, I think he's really happy, but like, it just felt really good to bring like my partner with me and like have him around the table and grilling fish last night. And oh, so good. like looking at your little Ashley and just like adoring her and feeling excited about what's to come for us. And so it's just, and we got to have this amazing conversation, Ashley and I, about pregnancy because I, because of COVID, I haven't been around really anybody pregnant. And so it was really fun just to like ask all the questions and talk about all the things. And it just felt like what you do with a sister, you know, who's gone before you. And so 
I'm really, really grateful to be here. And I have no idea what this season will unfold. I know we all have topics probably in, in our minds, but like, Maybe not all of us. I know. I think I'm <laughs> mostly excited. Like, I think I'm starting to trust the process that it's the act of gathering and we'll be okay. Like in previous seasons, I've like called Luke and been like, what are we going to talk about? And, like, how is this going to be compelling? And like, you know, are people going to want to keep listening? And, and now I'm like kind of willing to trust the process and realize that like, I can just trust that the act of being together, the act of vulnerability, the act of honesty, like good things will come. Like Mm -hmm. things will be uncovered and moved around and things will grow because it's been happening. I think for each of us, just witnessing our lives around the table. And I just love that about all we have to do is like show up. Yeah. I agree a thousand percent. And just want to acknowledge the like imposter syndrome that I feel coming back to the table and being like, well, I hope we can do it again. (laughs) I trust after season three that we don't have to know where we're going to go somewhere, somewhere great. But I also do, how, you know, that's my, my instinct still too, is to, is to doubt myself and to doubt, you know, am I prepared enough for this or are we prepared enough for this? But I also do trust that we are and asking good questions and being willing to be honest and, and answering them is, is really all we need to bring to the table, which I think is a great way. Maybe we just go ahead and land the plane here because as we do every season, the invitation and the reminder is that the reason we do this is not to provide answers for anyone. It's just to model a willingness to converse about things that are difficult or not even difficult, just things that matter. And so our invitation to those who are listening is to simply join us in the conversation, to engage with us in the places where we exist. But more than that, to just engage with the people who are in your life and be willing to ask tough questions and and be honest in your answering. And so anybody have anything you want to say to our listeners as we dive into another season? Hang on. Cool. And let let's, go. Here we yeah. <laughs> hang yes. on and let go. Let's see what let's see what comes to life. No, yeah. Trust the unfolding. Wait a minute. Hang on and let go. That's my hang on and let go. That was really clever. <laughs> Seeing wild ride. This episode of Fun Parts was produced, edited, and mixed by me, Luke Bronner. Our artwork was designed by the very talented Alan Lusink. All the music you heard in this episode was composed, produced, and licensed by the fine folks at blue.sessions.com. Check out our website at funpartspodcast.com and be sure to follow us on social media at funpartspodcast. Lastly, if you want access to bonus and behind-the-scenes content from this and other Milieu Media Group shows, join our neighborhood at the Patreon link in the show notes. And now, here's a scene from the next episode of Fun Parts. It's not just that like we were told sex is bad, sex is wrong, sex is whatever. It was also that we were never told good things could be exhilarating. Mm. You know, like soda tastes amazing. I'm not supposed to drink that. Candy tastes amazing. I'm not supposed to eat that. Anything that was like exciting or exhilarating was probably not for me. I was made, I was set apart for the boring eternal worship thing you mentioned. <laughs> you know, like that's, it's interesting how our relationship, even to things that feel really good, must not be good, you know? Thank you.